Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Kind of got to separate yourself from what your offering is versus yes. what the outcome you want to achieve for the client. If, if, you, if you don't want a positive outcome for your customer, then you probably shouldn't be there. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. About three or four weeks ago, I got a call from a client of mine up in Canada. And uh, he is a very good client. A very, he's a really, really good leader. He's in one of my sales leadership programs. And he said, you need to meet Mark Welch. And I said, who in the hell is Mark Welch? When probably at that time, Mark Welch was saying, who in the hell is Bill Caskey? <laughs> but um, Brian, this client's name, uh, knew, know, knows both of us. And uh, he actually has worked with Mark. He said, you guys really have a lot of the similar kinds of philosophies about sales and leadership. You guys need to meet. Well, we talked on the phone. Mark has written a book called The Street Savvy Sales Leader, a guide to building teams that consistently win new business. And we had an f- initial conversation and I thought, you know, this is the kind of person that I think is awesome because they don't just take a tactical look. They take a really strategic uh, pulling focus and pulling out away from the issues and dilemmas and saying, what's really going on here? And I think that's something that I really liked about Mark's book. And Mark and Mark, uh, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you very much, Bill. It's an honor and a pleasure to be asked to join you. It's fantastic. Thank you. Give me a minute on who Mark is and kind of where you grew up uh, and not where you grew up and how you came to be a a street savvy sales leader and an author. Just give me a minute on your progression. For sure. Uh, It's a great question. I I probably have a bit of an unusual background. I actually started out in contract administration and project management and did that fresh out of university and which is a very, very detailed kind of role. You're, you have a lot of responsibility with no accountability, if you will, and, uh, you know, pushing to get things done. I worked in, it was a large aerospace company, so we manufactured parts for Boeing airplanes and things. So a very detail-oriented role. And I did that for five or six years. And at the end of the, every year, you know, you did a good job. I was very, you know, diligent and energetic, put in overtime, wanted to do, you know, the extra mile. And then at the end of the year, I'd look beside me at the people that left at five o'clock every day and we all got our two or three percent increase at the the end of the year and maybe a turkey and (laughs) and uh and that was it you know and I thought you know what if I I need to do something where I can get paid for performance and and I thought the closest thing to being an entrepreneur is being a sales guy so uh, I really worked hard at uh getting into a sales role and it's interesting enough you I, it took a little while because they, they always ask the question, well, you've never sold before. How can yeah. you be a sales guy, right? Yeah, I went through all that. You better than uh, these guys are doing. <laughs> exactly. So I became a sales rep and was sales rep of the year, top, top guy after my second year in the role and trip to Maui and all that kind of good stuff. And 
And through the years, uh, worked in different industries as a sales guy, got promoted to uh, sales manager, sales director, worked in product management for a couple of years, then moved into executive leadership of sales and marketing, but largely sales, uh, and mostly in telecom and uh, wireless and, and the technology field uh, for most of my career. And throughout that time, I always had a pet peeve around uh, productivity was my big thing. Sales productivity, how can you get the most out of your salespeople, out of each individual sales rep? Um, and so, and I'm a big sports guy, so a lot of what I talk about and what I study is around coaching. I became an actual certified uh, business coach as well in the last few years, which really, it was not a small program. It was like 70, 80 hours of, of you know, actual role plays and reading and modules and so really took on that as, as something important to do to add value to the, to the sales community. Um, and then four or five years ago, I, I've always wanted to write a book. It's something I wanted to do for a long, long time. Uh, but I had some experiences later in my career that said, man, oh, man, you know, there's, there's a lot of organizations out there that are really struggling on the sales side. You know, what, what can I do about that? And is there a message that needs to be sent? So at the end of the day, that's kind of why I wrote the book. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, you know, the the whole idea that entrepreneurialism is so, it's such a cousin to sales. And uh, and yet, I don't think we recognize it. I always hear people say, well, I want to go out and start my own business. I'm like, you have your own business. It's called your territory. And you know, yeah, exactly. you're, you're yeah. just average at that. So what, I wouldn't say that to their face, maybe, but I'd be thinking <laughs> that. Um, maybe I need better coaching skills so I would be able to say that to their face in a way that wouldn't offend <laughs> them. But I do think uh, every, every sales professional listening to this who has a territory or responsibility, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you're a marketer, you're a fulfiller, you're a sale, seller, you're a CEO, you're all those things. And I, I really like that about the way you, you the way you looked at it because I th- I'm sure it served you well. Yeah, absolutely. And the interesting, the corollary to that is, you know, now that I've, I'm in the world, I'm out of the corporate world doing my own thing as a coach and a consultant, I'm finding the people that are drawn to me are not the salespeople. They're the entrepreneurs that are struggling with sales. Yeah. You know, they've started up a business and they're just trying to get it going. Maybe they've done, they've done okay in their first year or two of their business. Now that they're starting to ramp up a sales team, they're just lost and don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah we always attract to us the exact people. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's a bizarre law of nature that we we attract either exactly what we need at the time we need it, although we will very rarely admit to that, or that the type of person that we feel so accustomed to and acclimated to and that we can help the most and those kind of people just show up in our lives. So that's awesome. Yeah, hey, let, exactly. Let's talk about... Let's talk about some of the challenges in selling today. We're talking, by the way, with Mark Welch, who's written a book called The Street Savvy Sales Leader. And uh, he has three things here, biggest challenges in selling. And this goes for whether you're a sales professional, whether you're a business owner, or whether you're a VP sales director. Number one is the buyer journey has changed dramatically. Number two, it's tougher than ever to differentiate. And number three, salespeople face complex and time-challenging demands. So in the 15 minutes or so that we have with us, Mark, let's take the let's take it the first one and maybe the first two, and let's break them down. And first off, maybe uh, the first one is b- the buyer journey has changed dramatically. A, what do you mean by the buyer journey? How has it changed and why is it impacting us? 
Yeah, what I mean by the buyer journey is, you know, the typical process they go through to make a decision. You know, they they may have a problem, they're interested in growing, they've got a customer service issue, whatever their challenge might be, they need something to solve it. And so they go through a decision process in their mind about what, you know, how to deal with that. Um, and what has happened, and there's lots of stats that one can quote, but a lot of the journey they do now is done digitally. You know, we all have access to so much information. So before they go through, you know, we've all heard this before, parts of the sales process as we define it before ever talking to a sales rep. Um, so they become, in their minds at least, based on the information that they've derived, they become much more knowledgeable. Um, you know, they're, they're also doing more with less. They're very, very busy people. You know, everybody's stretched. We're all with, you know, dealing with information overload. Uh, they're typically more risk averse than they used to be. There's more on the line uh, potentially in their business. So, you know, at the end of the day, what we do as salespeople is we have to convince a, a customer to change, a buyer to change. And to do that has become more and more and more difficult. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about, you know, dealing with a competitor and fighting against a competitor. I think and the biggest competitor we have now is just the fact that people don't want to change. They're just comfortable with what they have today. Uh, it, you know, if you're going to change, there's there's cost to that. They might have to do some system changing or whatever. Whatever you're selling typically is going to have an impact within that the buyer's organization that they're going to have to do something about. So it's not a freebie when they're making a change. So it so it's a huge challenge. You've even talked about the ten imperatives that that companies need to have, and one of them is change management. I presume you mean know how to change yourself in your own organization, but also know how to influence change in the prospect, which you just talked about. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I think one of the things that I've witnessed is that I just feel that most sort of sales organizations have not kept up with what the buyer's expectations are. And, and a lot of that, I think, revolves around how we're selling and the conversations that we're having with a particular buyer. You know, it kind of goes back to my coaching and I, I'm a big guy around preparedness. You know, there's a, a couple of stats out there. One is by Serious Decisions. It says that 82% of decision makers believe that sales reps are unprepared. And there's another study that says 79% of buyers say that they wouldn't engage with a sales person if they didn't do the necessary homework that would give them insights and knowledge into their business. So you look at those two things, that's 79% and 82% where they don't think salespeople are prepared. So we have to make some change. And I think there needs to be some fundamental paradigm shifts in organizations to get the sales organization caught up with where the buyers are. So what's one, let's give our audience a, a something to think about, whether you call it a tip or just a, a something to think about here on this buyer journey. What, if I'm listening to this and I say, you know, I'm, I'm probably not, I'm probably transgressing some of the rules that Mark is talking about here. What would be one way that I could change one thing to start to consider or do differently? Yeah, I think the one thing is to really seriously spend a certain amount of time. And I think, you know, the, the time thing is really mission critical. You don't want to overspend and overprepare, but you want to really dig in and figure out what do I think is going to be important to this particular client that I'm about to call or I'm about to sit down with one-on-one. -on -one. You can't get away with, you know, maybe just going on a little bit of an internet search and finding a little bit about the company. You really need to kind of dig under the covers 
and figure out from an industry perspective, from a company perspective, what you perceive or what you believe that some really good problem solving or insights that you could share and discuss professionally with that particular customer. I think that's one thing. And the, okay. the other thing is, is really asking insightful questions um, around what their business is about. And, and, you, and by the way, you can't go in and say, you know, what's your business all about? We, we might have got away with that 10 years ago or even five years ago. But you, you really need to know that before you, before you walk in. And I think that that's the whole thing around, you know, the, that buyer journey is you, we need to just be there for them. I, you know, my whole thing is as salespeople, I think it's important to care and really be about helping the customer progress, whether it's themselves individually or as an organization. In order to do that, you really have to understand them and what makes them tick and what makes your company tick. So here's a, here's a thought. I just did a uh, podcast that's going to be released here in the future on, on the difference between their process and your process. And right. so you're talking here about their, their process, meaning the buyer's journey, how they're going to t- go from where they are today to where they, where they want to be tomorrow. You also have a sales process that's designed to, uh, unfortunately, a lot of sales processes are built to hem in the prospect and to control his or her behavior through the process. And I just think that's a fool's errand. I just think the more you try to control someone's behavior, the more they're going to say, you ain't controlling my behavior, pal. So what's the secret here to combining the two, the buyer's journey and the seller's journey? How do you, how do you teach and coach people to marry those together? That's such a great question because that's what it's all about, and we all talk about this art versus science. I call it craft versus science. You know, that's and that's what the coaching is about. That's what the preparation is about. Uh, because yes, we need to have a sales process, and we need to f- define that and build it and and marry it up with the buying process as much as we can. But I talk about this in the book over and over again that there's this other dimension of sales that is about creativity, about flex- flexibility, about adapting to a specific conversation you're having that that may be way off what you think was going to happen originally in, the, in your quote-unquote sales process. So a sales process is very important. You need to have it. It, it helps salespeople focus. It, it helps them potentially define various different types of content that might be required at different states of the, of the buyer journey. But at the end of the day, you have to adapt to whatever is going on uh, in the buyer scenario. Because uh, their world can change overnight, and you need to change with it. The only the only caveat to that is if you have a marketing department that is just so they're just world class, and they're creating demand, so that you're getting you as a sales professional are getting calls every day saying, "Hey, Mark, I just saw your ad. This looks awesome. How do I? What's my process? How do I buy this thing?" Then I think you can say, well, here's our process. Here's what we do, and we won't, we won't deviate from that. Here's how we do it, A, B, C, D, E. But unless you have that, which most people don't, yeah, exactly. unless you have that, but don't you think that if I did have that and marketing were providing good qualified leads, then I could say, look, I don't, it's not that I don't care about your journey, but here's how we do business. Uh, I think then you can get away with that. But that's, that's 5%, not 95%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wasn't born in that world. And that's why I call my book The Street Savvy Sales Leader. I had to fight for every dollar I got as a sales guy. I, I competed in very competitive marketplaces that were very crowded. 
I, I was never a sales guy that had that uh, was in a position of that luxurious role of yeah. of customers coming to me. That just didn't happen. You know, if you're in that kind of scenario, then yeah, the the marketing play becomes even more significant, and sales can benefit by it for sure. But, but when you're fighting for every dollar, different ballgame. So let's talk about number two. We talked about the buyer journey. You gave us a couple tips there. Uh, number two challenge is it's tougher than ever to differentiate. I presume you mean your value from the competition. And also you did the whole throwaway line there that a lot of times people don't want to change. That's your biggest competition. I think that is the biggest competitor. And if you yeah. look at the if you look at the numbers, 40% of people buy nothing after they've gone through the process. Well, that that's a whole lot of time that we're spending on people. They haven't been convinced by anybody that cha- to change would be better than status quo. So exactly. t- talk to me a little bit about tougher than ever to differentiate. Yeah. And I think that people would say, okay, well, I, I get that. That's it's, it's been like that forever. And that's, that's a hundred percent accurate. Differentiation has been a problem for a couple of decades now. It, to me, it's just intensified. Even if you have a product that nobody else has and it's, and it's different, it still won't sell itself. And it's, yeah. you still have to get the customer to change. So, you know, that kind of dynamic around differentiation is really challenging. And, and in my view, I've actually said this for, for uh, you know, a couple of decades. I've been, I remember making a speech about this in front of a big sales organization that I managed years ago. To me, the differentiation is the sales force, is that particular sales rep in front of the customer. The, the customer is going to see potentially, whatever the situation is, three or four different account reps or sales professionals in front of them, the one that stands out, the one that provides them value, provides them insights, asks really good questions, is someone they can build a relationship with. Those are the folks that are going to win. And so, the, again, I get back to preparation and coaching and, and all that, and training programs, what, what have you, to lift the sales force to be able to have those kind of engagements with buyers today. And and I just think that there's the majority of sales organizations aren't there. No, I don't even think they think about it that way. I, I'm just thinking here to some of my clients and some people I've heard about. I've got a lot of friends who are in, in sales and in business or own companies. And I just don't think that even crosses their mind. I think the differentiation conversation always happens around a product or a feature or a benefit or a website or a we can do it faster, quick, quicker, better. It never even ar- arrives at that conversation of let's talk about how we build the skills of the sales team. Because you say it in your book, by the way, we're talking to Mark Welch, the street savvy sales leader is the name of the book. It gets back to this idea that yes, AI will be coming and yes, technology and yes, web, but it's still in, in a lot of industries gets down to what's the relationship that I as the buyer have with you as the seller. Exactly. We can, we can pretend like that time is going to come where we don't have salespeople. It ain't in our future. It's not in my life. It's not going to, it's, it's not going to happen. We may change the format and the function of the seller, but we still have a need for them. So how do you coach your vent, your uh, clients to say, Hey, you got the salesperson over here. Let's, let's look at their, their brand, their personal brand. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because again, we talked about earlier about the kind of clients that are attracted to me and a lot of them are entrepreneurs and, you know, they're actually asking me and I'm a sales guy, not a marketing guy, but they're really working on like just grassroots beginning. What kind of conversation do I need to have then? What does that need to look like? You know, they tell me what their value prop is. And I tell them, guys, that you're not, man, my eyes glaze over. And I I can say that as a consultant. I don't work for them. (laughs) 
but I'm telling them, you're like, guys, your story just 25 other companies. Yeah. 25 other companies can say the exact same thing. And yet they're so proud of it. And they think this is, oh, this is what it's all about. And I, I say, sorry, no, it's not. You know, you need to have those different kind of conversations where you're going to stand out and be different from the other guys in the marketplace. And part of it, by the way, I think is the value proposition. You need to spend some time, you know, with that, whatever that is. There's no question about that. But beyond your story or your pitch is how can I be viewed a bit differently than everybody yeah. else that the customer is talking to? Yeah. I just had a situation and this is some of the work that I do with my clients is a uh, guy was getting ready to shoot a video. And I said, you know, you, you need to shoot a video so that when someone gets in a, you get an appointment with somebody, you can send them the video, you know, one or two minutes and basically say, look, I'm coming in next Thursday at three. In the meantime, if you have a minute and a half, watch this. I think it'll help us have a better conversation. Right. And he said, I love that. I love that. Well, we started, then we started to write the, the script or at least outline it. And it was so hard because everything he wanted to do was talk about how great his company is. Yeah. Yeah. Not about what's the dilemma facing he's in, he happens to be a, well, doesn't matter. He's in, in the financial services business, but there's a, and there's a lot of pain in that business. There's a lot yeah. of dilemma. There's a lot of uncertainty. It's kind of like the medical field. And he, he wasn't tapping into any of that. He was rushing right to, let me tell you how we can help your company. It's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard to get out of our own filter and get into the brain of the prospect. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you, know, you kind of got to separate yourself from what your offering is versus yes. what the outcome you want to achieve for the client. If, if you, if you don't want a positive outcome for your customer, then you probably shouldn't be there. And I think, you know, you've, I've heard your podcast and the thing that you talk about over and over again, which is so important. You know, you talk about this whole one to 10 ratio or, you know, if you're, or maybe even one to hundred, you, you make a hundred phone calls and prospecting and you only land one or two, like, is that a good use of your time? <laughs> and the, the, whole, the, the importance of that is that, you know, everything revolves around that qualification in the beginning and getting to know fast. I mean, it's okay if you get a no, just get there fast and move on to the, the clients that you can qualify and, and start to have really good conversations yeah. with. Yeah, that comes from your, you said at the very outset, you said productivity is kind of your secret cause, your mission to help people become more productive and quoting somebody and proposing and going down a long selling cycle with somebody who, who loves their current vendor and is never going to change because it's their brother-in-law or, or exactly friend, yeah. get out, man, just get out, just go find somebody else. But if, if all I have is this warm body that maybe is never going to buy, it's better than going out and finding a cold body who doesn't even know me. And I think we always make that trade off, which it's not better, but that's kind of where we drop into. Well, we are uh, really happy to have you with us today, Mark. I'm going to uh, suggest that people buy your book, The Street Savvy Sales Leader. You can get it on uh, you know anywhere books are sold, obviously. Mark Welch. It's a guide to building teams that consistently win new business. We need to do this again because we, we just scratch the proverbial surface of this. And, and I think that I, I like your philosophy that is rooted in tradition, but still you've, you've modernized it for, for the digital age. And that's really, that's hard to do, man. You, you well, thank you, Bill. Much appreciated. One of, one of the people I'm dealing with actually is a company that uh, does AI and sales forecasting. So yeah, I have to keep up with new technology. I have no choice. <laughs> How do people get a hold of you if they want to? What's uh, a good website to go to? StreetSavvySalesLeadership.com. Uh, that's the best spot and all my contact information is on there. 
Street Savvy Sales Leadership. Thanks again to Mark Welch today for being with us. Appreciate it, Mark. Uh, Thank you for everybody for listening in. And thank you, Phil, for hosting. It was great. Thank you. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.